Support for this episode of Inside the Triangle comes from Fishwick Sheet Metal. Fishwick Sheet Metal is your go-to destination for all your sheet metal needs. Conveniently located near the airport and the DFO, Fishwick Sheet Metal has a sheet metal solution for any situation, from roofing and guttering to custom fabrication. Take advantage of a special offer just for Inside the Triangle listeners. Visit fishwicksheetmetal.com.au and enter the code TRIANGLE for 10% off your first order. Fishwick Sheet Metal, proud supporters of Inside the Triangle. Four down, one to go. It's the last week of the election campaign and both leaders are getting ready for the sprint to the finish line. In this episode, we take a look back at the campaign, the highs, the lows, the turning points. With only days until Scott Morrison cements his Prime Ministership or Bill Shorten becomes our 7th PM in 12 years. I'm Scott. And I'm Stephen. And this is Inside the Triangle. So Stephen, a lot has happened over the past month. In a lot of ways, this 2019 election campaign has been completely routine, exactly Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. you'd expect. There's been visits to marginal seats and some not so marginal seats. There's been press conferences, carefully managed policy releases, the standard toing and froing over costs. And also, after much debate, mm-hmm. the leaders went head-to-head. They clashed and they squared off in three debates. Mm, that's right, three debates. Now, we weren't even sure we were going to get a single debate. But uh, as it went, we did get the three. And uh, look, Channel 7, likely to win a Walkley and possibly even a Logie for their first debate coverage. Uh, the second was, of course, much better. And the third, the third notable for being unnotable. Uh, this stage, the leaders looked tired. They sounded tired. And the talking points sounded even tighter. Yeah, and look, if we learned one thing, and I think we only learned one thing from mm. the debates, uh, it is that love him or hate him, agree with his policies, disagree with his policies. Scott Morrison is a very good performer. Mm. He uh, uses a lot of words. Oh, all the best words. Good words, and he puts them together into structures that resemble pretty good sentences. Mm. Syntax. Yep, and he talks and he talks and he talks and he talks and mm. he talks and he talks until you've forgotten what the question was completely. I mean, it's a, a genius strategy if you think mm. about it. Mm. And look, stop me if you think we're getting into conspiracy territory here. Oh, no, no, But no. I've, I've spent some time on uh, the internet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've been watching uh, YouTubers on YouTube and uh, there is that that one section that we all know about from the third debate when Scott Morrison was responding to a question about a Bill Shorten's tax policy and the YouTubers have zoomed in the pixels. They've run it past the Snicko. And I think we can, beyond any reasonable doubt, conclude that indeed the Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, said... Lorem ipsum dollars. He said lorem ipsum dollars. Lorem ipsum dollars. Halfway through an answer, Mm -hmm. nobody noticed because Scott Morrison was just talking. Mm. It sounded like the the rhythm sounded okay. The tempo sounded good. Syntax. Okay. And uh, heading into this late stage of the campaign means that it's time for the parties to hold their campaign launches. Again, mostly boring and mostly predictable. The one small shred of excitement amongst all of this was the chance to see former Labor PMs Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard appearing together for the first time in a number Mm -hmm. of years at the Labor campaign launch. Mm. And uh, look, from all I could see, they looked to be incredibly civil and uh, didn't really have anything much to say to one another. No, it was quite something. I was sitting on the couch watching the launch. I was... Mm -hmm. Had a, had a blankie and I was eating a packet of those delicious spaghetti bolognese chips you can get from Coles at the moment. Oh, and, they are good. Uh, I had the launch on the telly and I had social media open on my phone mm-hmm. and I'm watching the TV with one eye and there's Kevin Rudd sitting next to that woman and he looks quite happy about it. But then 
my other eye is on Instagram and what should I see? But Kevin Rudd pops up on live Instagram TV speaking to voters in North Ride in Sydney in Mandarin. Kevin Rudd speaking Mandarin to voters in North Ride at the same time as he and Julia Gillard are seen together at the Labor campaign launch. Yeah, and of course it emerged later that that Kevin Rudd did send a body double to the Labor launch, mm. uh, which is amazing. But then, of course, we discovered that Julia Gillard had also sent a body double and she was at home in Altona North. Uh, it must be something of a viral sensation, this campaign, this phenomena of, uh, of body doubles, as uh, Josh Frydenberg seems to have sent a body double along to the Liberal campaign launch. Yeah, I hear that he's not even allowed out of Kuyong. No, no, that's right. Uh, senior sources have uh, suggested that the Prime Minister has uh, an ankle bracelet, a monitoring bracelet on his ankle. Mm, yeah, I've been speaking to uh, to sources as well, and they've confirmed that for the past two and a half weeks, Frydenberg has slept under a table in the pre-poll booth. Mm, Josh. We're approaching the business end of the campaign, which means that the media blackout kicks in in a few days. Um, politicians have been everywhere. You look, TV, radio, newspapers... Uh, they've all been on FM Breakfast Radio speaking to Dickhead and Trixie. Um, but beyond that, the choice of uh, media made by political parties speaks to the subset of Australians that they're targeting. Mm-hmm. Scott Morrison appeared on 7.30 but refused to go on Q&A. Bill Shorten appeared on Q&A and also Insiders. But raising some eyebrows, Richard Di Natale decided to, last Tuesday, go on Studio 10. Yeah, that's right, Scott. Richard Di Natale, leader of the Greens, on Studio 10. And uh, there's been a lot of discussion afterwards about one particular segment, his uh, demonstration of his avocado smoothie recipe whilst using the, uh, and I think I can say here, the fabulous Nutribullet. Mm. He did manage to make a few errors with the Nutribullet, which I think would have to be his fault as the Nutribullet is a fantastic, fantastic device. And uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, he, he managed to cover Joe Hildebrand with soy milk during the process. So, um, look, gaff aside, how do you think he connected with the morning television demographic? I think he came across as open and personable, and he very aptly demonstrated the uh, the endless possibilities presented by ownership of a Nutribullet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... Look, I bought two myself, uh, and who wouldn't at the price? Oh, look, I already own two, and uh, I would implore all of our listeners to go out and buy buy one of these fantastic Nutribullets. They'll absolutely change your life. And you can follow the affiliate link in the show notes to this episode. Mm. There's been some murmurings that Richard Di Natale has a touch of the Carl Stefanovics about him, you know, like the touch of the lovable rogue. Oh, look, he did come across as a lovable rogue. And uh, look, I don't think that it would be crazy to put this out there, but I think he's an outside shot for a gold Logie this year. Yeah, sure. I can see where you're coming from. Uh, look, he'll probably just settle for balance of power. But um, look, Stephen, do you have a favourite bit of miscellaneous from the campaign? Actually, I do. Um, I mean, we all know that Senator Darren Hinch is something of a foodie, but he's also taken this love of food to uh, to the blogosphere. He started a, a MasterChef blog this week, and uh, Darren's first entry, I think it's fair to say, he absolutely savaged Tim from MasterChef for using his immunity pin at the first elimination challenge. Yeah, look, I'm 100% on team Darren here. That was... Um that was a, a low point for any contestant on the oh, competition. Ab- absolute amateur hour stuff, Tim. Um, fair to say that Darren Hinch is not a fan of George Kalambaris? No, no. He, uh, I wouldn't say unfairly compared George Kalambaris's use of cutlery to, uh, to that of a marsupial using cutlery for the first time. Harsh but fair. Um, Look, early days yet. We're only a couple of weeks into the MasterChef season, but early favourites at this stage, probably 
Tessa and Tim has mm-hmm. um, has Darren Hinch uh, tipped a winner yet, or is he maybe more of a Sandeep kind of guy? Oh, look, he uh, had nothing but high praise for Sandeep, but also effusive praise for Parfaits this week. Uh, Parfaits are definitely a big winner in Senator Hinch's books this week. Uh, Panacottas uh, a bit last year. Um, now, he's also had lots of nice things to say about Matt Preston as uh, the only likeable host on the show. But look, I think the, the, the big winner here, and um, this is a winner for all of us at home, is that this week is, of course, Nigella Week, which uh, I think we're all looking forward to this one. And the only thing that I'm looking forward to more than Nigella Week is reading about Nigella Week on the blog next week. Mm. Um, Stephen, while we're on the subject of lifestyle mm-hmm. blogging, uh, Darren Hinch is not the only politician or politician-adjacent person to have started a blog this week. No, no, that's right. So uh, Peter Dutton's family have started a blog to document all of the ways in which he is, in fact, not a monster, but human. Uh, now... There's still, at this stage, no bog entries documenting how this process is actually going. But, um, look, we're going to keep F5-ing until we see something. Now, what's an election campaign without a few slip-ups and downs? Mm, always handy to break the monotony of millions of dollars for this and billions of dollars for that with some of the lighter side of politics. Oh, what was your favourite, Scott? So... I think my favourite was a classic of the genre uh, of politician staff accidentally sending internal documents to journalists. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not unknown, but this was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Bill Shorten's daily lines were accidentally CC'd to the entire press gallery. That document contained zingers such as not illegal, not immoral, but not sustainable, and will follow the science and won't cause sovereign risk, along with good morning, dear. How did you sleep, kids? And one pie, please, not microwaved. Mm, Bill. Now, Andrew Hastie has gone into the final week of the campaign, minus his entire contingent of campaign volunteers. Uh, turns out that they were all fired after simply asking if they could give him a hand. Ooh. Well, in Queensland, uh, United Australia Party volunteers were photographed handing out how-to-vote cards with $50 notes stapled to them. Clive Palmer was reprimanded and subsequently pledged to abolish the Australian Electoral Commission when elected Prime Minister. Prime Minister Clive Palmer. Crazier things have happened in politics this week. <laughs> Stephen, lots of candidates have resigned or have been disendorsed this campaign. Some have Section 44'd themselves preemptively. A lot have been binned because of previous comments on social media. But what are some of our favourite disendorsements? Mm, uh, well, top of my list, I think, would have to be Fraser Anning. Fraser Anning's number four candidate in Queensland was disendorsed after tweeting... Ramadan Kareem. Awkward. <laughs> One Nation's number three Senate candidate in Victoria was revealed as an undercover Al Jazeera journalist. Turns out he was personally recruited by James Ashby, but Pauline can't sack James Ashby, as we all know, because he's the only one who knows the password to the One Nation Facebook account. <laughs> Classic Pauline. Labor's candidate of Hasluck has been disendorsed for accidentally sharing a compilation of Bill Shorten running to the Sonic the Hedgehog theme music on Twitter. A United Australia Party candidate was disendorsed for ad-libbing during the filming of their campaign advertisement. And modern Liberals Tim Wilson and Dave Sharma disendorsed themselves from the Liberal Party. (laughs) 
Of course, while we're based here in the Canberra Press Gallery, it's important for us as journalists to stay connected with the real world out there. So joining us on the phone from outside the triangle is our correspondent CJ. And CJ has spent the past month on the buses following the two leaders' campaigns. Hi, CJ. Hi, guys. Hi. You've uh, split your time between the two press packs. Could you start perhaps by running us through the campaign in numbers? Well, sure. Um, There's been 30 mystery flights, 2,000 kilometres on the buses. Uh, I lost a pair of tweezers, Uh, 102 voter street walks, 2,500 photo ops, about 50 high-vis vests, enough bad coffee to fill two Olympic-sized swimming pools, Uh, about a dozen stale sandwiches rushed in between press conferences and two off-the-record drinks with the leaders there, shout. Um, Actually, guys, can you cut that last bit out? Of course, CJ. Um, Can you run us through uh, what have been some of the key moments on the campaign so far? Oh, probably when ScoMo... um, Oh, no, sorry, I'll I'll start that again. Um, Probably when the Prime Minister climbed aboard the press bus between a couple of campaign events. I think it was between him making a paper mache Sydney Harbour Bridge at a school and performing an appendectomy at a local hospital. Anyway, he jumped on board to speak with reporters. He was just outside his electorate of Cook in southern Sydney. A lot of the journos hadn't eaten yet that day. So they asked the driver to pull over somewhere to grab some takeaway. But when the driver started pulling into McDonald's at um, Engadine, Mr Morrison ripped off his cap and started shouting quite aggressively and ordered the driver to find somewhere else. (laughs) What's up with that? I don't know. Maybe he just likes whoppers. CJ, what about the Labor bus? Well, apparently Bill's bus very nearly had a mutiny on their hands when Anthony Albanese demanded the auxiliary cord and attempted to subject his colleagues to his famous DJ elbow routine. A senior source confirmed this to me, saying, there's not enough fucking ecstasy in all of the inner west to make this tolerable. Um, I understand the situation was finally diffused when Tony Burke dropped the Eagles' greatest hits. I mean, who doesn't love a good sing-along to Hotel California? Oh, nobody. That's the answer. Uh, Look, CJ, five weeks of policy and debate and posturing for the cameras. What's the most important thing you've learned over the campaign? Well, it's that we're blessed to live in a peaceful democracy where everyone can have their say, free of interference, and elections are run and won without a single shot being fired. And it's been a privilege to witness democracy up close over the past month as the nation engages in a battle of ideas. And no matter which side you take, we respect our opponents' points of view. And also, at the end of the day, politicians are just humans with human feelings. And they have emotions, just like the rest of us. And we live in a great, wonderful country. God bless us. CJ? CJ? CJ, are you there? She must be going through a tunnel. Okay, so we've got one week to go. We're in the final stretch of election campaign 2019. Stephen, what can we expect? Well, looking ahead, pre-poll numbers are projected to hit 9 million pre-poll votes by middle of this week, which probably only leaves about 36 voters left to cast a ballot next Saturday. That's going to be a lot of sausages in the bin, unfortunately. Mm, Democracy sausages down the bin. Speaking of polls, Stephen, as journalists, we both know full well that weekly poll movements are mostly rubbish Mm. and they mean little more than just fodder for brainless talking points for journalists talking to journalists. Mm, Journalists talking to journalists. But we cannot not mention this week's final news poll, which shows a sharp increase in the primary vote for benign dictatorship. Mm. And in the preferred Prime Minister race, measles has pulled ahead. Mm, Well, I'm looking forward to watching Channel 7's election night coverage featuring Barnaby Joyce. Now, 
Barnaby Joyce's writer request has just leaked and Inside the Triangle has secured a copy of his requirements. Now, what does it include there, Scott? Yeah, I've got it here. Hot off the fax machine. The first item on Barnaby's writer is two cartons of 4X gold, which I guess is clever. You don't want to get too tanked on air, do you? No, no. You've got to take it easy while you're on live TV, which I guess means that the one bottle of Bundaberg rum small batch reserve is uh, for celebrating his uh, successful TV appearance. Yeah, yeah. Refined tastes and it goes fantastically with the next item, which is four packets of spag bowl chips. Mm, yummy, yummy, delicious. And uh, those spag bowl chips are going to go deliciously with his one tub of beetroot dip. Now, the next item, uh, I look, I might just read it out. It says, not to be seated adjacent to a woman. Mm, okay, bit of an unusual one. The next item on the list is four dozen Sydney rock oysters. And a uh, 50 bottles of chemist warehouse brand horny goat weed. Uh, Scott, uh, 50 bottles might be over the top for even someone like Barnaby. Oh. I think that might be a bottle of 50 pills oh, of I... horny goat weed. Just 50 pills of horny goat weed right. for Barnaby yeah. there. Yep. And uh, final item on the list is two litres of hydrolyte. Oh. So... Uh, oh. Got to keep hydrated. Sounds like he's going to be a busy man. Well, it should be cracker coverage on Channel 7 uh, with both Barnaby and Mark Latham MLA on the panel. I can't wait to tune in. Mm, absolutely. And uh, look, finally, a uh, final bit of news just in today. Uh, outgoing Senator Jim Mullen seems to have made peace with his place on the Liberal ticket and has given up his below-the-line campaign to save his Senate seat. Now, now Mullen was on uh, 2GB this morning and uh, we have some quotes from this. He's saying that politics has become too combative. And uh, Mullen also says he's looking forward to spending his free time committing more war crimes. Uh, sorry, uh, giving Andrew Hasty a hand. Thanks for joining us on Inside the Triangle as we head into the business end of the campaign. We'll be back next week with a wrap of the election results. Who won, who lost, and what to make of this crazy thing we call democracy. Remember to vote early and vote often. Catch you next time on Inside the Triangle. 